Basically, you know, the issue with that I found with taking on venture capital very early on in my business, at least, was that the return that's expected and, and, and the growth pace that's expected felt very uncomfortable for me to take on as I was still learning. She's not even 30 yet, and Trinity Muzan Wolford is a testament to the fact that you're never too young to do what you love. She's also proving that family traditions can become your bread and butter. Long before almond butter and cod liver oil became trendy, Trinity's family, they kept their cabinets stocked with these and other natural goods. Now, what I love about Trinity's story is this. It all started because her mother had such a positive experience with using holistic remedies to heal herself of common ailments. I am unapologetically a believer in holistic remedies. You may have heard me slip in some very hippie things here and there. I love turmeric. I love elderberry tea, all the things. So clearly, Trinity's story truly, truly resonated with me, Um, particularly just how she stayed true to her roots and transitioned that into her business. She resisted the easy route. And because of that, she also became the youngest black woman to launch a line at Sephora, which is truly remarkable. Gold, spelled with an E at the end, is Trinity's health and beauty company, which uses superfoods as its core ingredients. And this promotes not just beauty, but also good health health from the inside out. This interview was great because Trinity is an open book and that's helpful for any young entrepreneur who really wants to understand not just what it takes to get started, but how to sustain their business. I hope you enjoy. Hi, Trinity. How are you? Doing well. How about you? <laughs> Good. <laughs> Everyone, I'm sitting in front of the amazing, Aww. glowing skin <laughs> spirit, um, Trinity Muzon Wolford. Did I pronounce your yeah, name? Yeah, you got your it. Entire name correct. <laughs> um, Trinity is the founder of Gold. Yes. And we're going to get into all of what that is if you're unfamiliar in a little bit. But Trinity. I like to ask everyone who comes on the show this first question. Mm-hmm. What was your very first job? Ooh, so my very first job was, um, so I grew up in upstate New York in like a medium-sized city, but okay. like pretty far removed from the hustle and bustle of, you know, real metropolitan life. Okay. And so we got our first frozen yogurt shop kind of late in the game. Yes. Wait, what was the name of this um, place upstate? Um, Saratoga. Do you okay. know? I'm a little familiar. Yeah. But most people know it because Skidmore okay. College is there. It's yes. like three hours north of the city. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. But yes, so we had our <laughs> first um, like frozen yogurt shop and like a bubble tea place. And okay. it was like very, very cool. Bubble tea in the small Right. Um, and yeah. so I was I was there and I was really excited about How it. How old were you? <laughs> I was, I don't know, what's 16, okay. 17, right? right? Okay. Yeah. So that was like the felt like kind of the the professional foundation. Yeah. Do you, you have any memory? I I love this question because <laughs> I I'm projecting, but I do believe that some of those very first work experiences really do lay the foundation for oh, yes. you know, maybe what we want later on in life or what we don't want. Like career wise, clearly you did not want to be like at the bubble tea spot, (laughs) you know, if I could go back, (laughs) um, honestly, I think there actually was a lot of overlap between that and where I am now. It was sort of like the cool spot. Um, like it had interesting branding, you know, relative to like anything else that was downtown and it was like the healthier 
kind of fun option. You know, fro- it was you know during the Just height of Froyo. Froyo. So yeah, okay, ah, okay. I'm so, seeing connections. Yeah, I'm seeing parallels. So it was it was cool, and I, I feel like that definitely um, kind of lines up with where I ended up a little bit. So before we get to where you ended up, um, <laughs> I did read somewhere that you studied, you studied medicine or you wanted to I was pre-med in okay. college. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so tell me about that. What was, what inspired you? Because in a way that's still, that's also still related to where you are yeah. now. Um, so what inspired you to, to get into medicine at a younger age? Yeah. Well, to take it way back, um, I was raised by a little bit of like a crunchy family in the Hudson Valley. Um, so it was my, my, my mom, my aunt and my grandmother and, um, my grandmother especially was way ahead of her time in the sort of like natural wellness space. She had me on cod liver oil and I grew up on almond butter and it was was even trendy. It was, you You know, it was one of those situations. No, 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 no. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but you know, so uh, that was kind of always in my, in my world. And then, Um, I was actually raised by, um, you know, my mom who was dealing with an autoimmune disease, um, yeah, rheumatoid arthritis. Yes. My grandma had that really bad during maybe, maybe the last, I can't, maybe 20, 30 years Mm. of her life and all in her hands and. But yeah, okay. Yeah, so you know, basically, you know, it's an autoimmune disease where your um, body is is attacking its own joints. Yeah. And so my mom really um, suffered with that while I was growing up, and wow. it it wasn't until I was in high school that she switched over to seeing a more holistically minded physician. Okay. And noticed this like massive improvement in her symptoms. Wow. Night and day. Do you know? I mean. It sounds like coming from the kind of family and background that you had, that that probably was just a very natural progression for her to seek out those remedies and more natural. But do you recall her ever telling you what really pushed her into that space? I mean, I think it was just out of desperation. You go through so many at this point, she must have been dealing with it for uh, 15 years. She, you know, she had had. it was brought on by stress. Um, her, her sister, my aunt passed away when I was young. Um, and they were like twins, essentially. They were like a year apart and that was, was devastating to her. And it, 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 that stress brought it on at a fairly young age. And so, um, she, you know, you go through that long of being in chronic pain and you are just searching for any sort of a solution. Yeah. Yeah. And she found it with, you know, with, yeah, of course, out looking outside of Western. <laughs> yes. And, yeah. Um, so. So, you know, basically she um, she had this amazing moment of, of finally feeling like a, a normal human being again, yeah. thanks to this alternative treatment, which was, you know, a series of, of different things. Um, and that was really what opened me up to the power of this stuff. Got it. I, I grew up with it. It was almost like cultural for me, mm-hmm. but I never knew what a difference it could really make in, in someone's well-being. And this was, was it a specific product or a thing that really did it? Or was it, was, it just the, I, the whole world of natural wellness? It was really the whole world of it. So she was on like special medication specific for RA um, that he had placed her on that were more sort of, um, I would say like 
off of the traditional Western okay. spectrum, okay. but it also was sort of her looking at her full, you know, diet and nutrition. And even though she had that background in leading a healthy life, really yeah. making sure that she was getting all of her, you know, essential nutrients in. Yeah. Um, so it was really just that whole perspective that was such a shift from, you know, you go to the doctor typically and they just prescribe you a pill for this problem and you have to deal with the side effects on your own. Okay. Yeah. Yes, which is a huge deal. <laughs> We've then, all been and there. They, and then they prescribe you a pill for the side of effects. Of course. And you're now taking multiple pills for things you didn't even have in the first place. Right. So um, let's go back a little bit to your childhood. Yeah. What kind of a kid were you? Um, I think that I have always been a Capricorn through and through. Yeah, I, I love it when astrology comes up. Like my ears, um, Ashley, our producers over there in the corner, are probably like, oh, here comes Marquita in astrology again. <laughs> oh, let's talk. Let's, I know, I know, right? Pisces, hey. Oh, okay. um, but I do love a cap because you guys are very grounded. Yes. And very like analytical and logical. Yes. And I want to dream. And a lot of my, I got a lot of Capricorn girlfriends and they're like, mm-hmm. no girl, come down, keep your foot yep. on the ground. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so you were, um, what a pretty analytical child, kind of serious or very serious. Okay. Um, both of my parents are more creative. My mom is an artist. She's a songwriter. She's a Libra. She's much more, you know, sort of fluid. And okay. I'm, I've, you know, I'm very, uh, by the book. Yeah. Um, I do have a Sag moon in there, which okay. keeps me okay. like, yeah, okay. spices it up a little, a little bit, spice. but Yes, very much the planner, very much, um, you know, you were asking me about my first job. I was the one researching the earliest that I could start working so that I could get a part-time get a part- job. <laughs> yes, I love it. That was me. Got it. Okay. <laughs> um, so where, when did gold kind of start to come to yeah. fruition? Because if you don't mind me asking, mm-hmm. how old are you? 20? I'm 26. Okay. I yeah. was going to say 25. All right. So I'm just a little <laughs> off. Um, but because you, you know, you are, you, you're so young. <laughs> so yeah. I have to ask, like, were you in, did you attend um, college? Were you, is that kind of where the idea kind of started to come to fruition? So um, a few things happened yeah. that, that led to gold. So first of all, I, you know, I went on with my, I decided I was going to be a, a, a holistic doctor, mm-hmm. right? So I, I went down to NYU and I was pre-med there. I was, you know, all in on that. And um, essentially, as I was wrapping up my college career, I heard up from my I heard from my mom that she had to stop seeing that doctor that was helping her the so much. Doctor. Yep. She couldn't wow. afford it. God, that's so sad. Right. And so, you know, I'm I'm left with this moment of like internal reckoning of, yeah. okay, am I going to continue to practice uh, medicine or am I going to, you know, go on that, that path to practice medicine just for people who can afford it? Mm-hmm. Um, or am I going to try to fix the U S medical insurance industry <laughs> <laughs> policy work yeah. and advocacy yeah. or yeah, <laughs> neither of it's which little, seemed yeah, yeah. One or the other. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't into either of them. <laughs> <laughs> Understandable. Clearly. Fair. Um, and so after college, I didn't really know what to do. I had this psych degree. So I ended up, uh, sort of falling into a marketing career. Okay. at a startup in the city. And I think that the really the biggest missing piece was um, my co-founder, who is now my fiance as of last month. Ah, <laughs> I was going to ask. OK, I have questions about that. Oh, yes. Let's cover that. <laughs> but so we. Um, Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. We both actually um, his name is Issei. We both grew up in the same town in upstate New York. That's really sweet. Literally, our families always knew each other because we were both in and out of the the only health food store in town. <laughs> That's so this really, has been really, a long time that's coming. That's very like 
rom-com meet cute (laughs) (laughs) we were also like the only non-white people in the entire city i love it i love it like we met each other because we were reaching for the same granola (laughs) look at each other's hands right exactly (laughs) i love it pretty much so um anyways his family owns a candle factory upstate like built it from the ground up uh like Issei has memories of sleeping on a futon in the factory when his parents had to work late so he grew up in small business and so I think that for both of us was so um it gave us that visibility into entrepreneurship and what it could actually look like to have a business yeah so was he a big um influence and you launching a business yeah he's my co-founder i mean we we make all these decisions together um a hundred percent he's he's definitely the biggest influence that i could name and in any decision professionally that i've i've made so um i definitely got a little ahead i have so many questions about (laughs) about that and just working with your partner but let's back up a little bit to your timeline Mm -hmm. so you decided you know given your mother's situation um, like, okay, actually, I want to go in this direction instead. Yeah. Um, what was that like? Was it, I mean, did it kind of come easy to you or was it a hard transition to say that you're, you know, going to go down that road? It was super hard. I mean, I think when you're in that age of like teenage, late twenties and you're trying early twenties and you're trying to figure out what your life plan is, those are some of the hardest moments. Um, even now that I'm in this crazy whirlwind of entrepreneurship, I think I felt most in an existential crisis when I was getting ready to graduate from school. (laughs) So, um, for those that don't know, what is gold? Yes. Um, so gold is a health and beauty company all based in superfoods. So we do all different ingestible and skincare products that are all about just making you look and feel your best. Um, I became obsessed with you after getting a sample of one of the products and it was like, um, I think it was like a turmeric matcha. Yeah. And I definitely (laughs) had, I think in recent years I've become obsessed with turmeric and the health benefits. So when I found that it was like, okay, this is great. I'm going to have this every day and be my best (laughs) self. And then when I found out that there was a black woman behind it, I'm like, oh, oh, okay. (laughs) Okay. Yes. Yes. That's what I'm talking about. Um, so when it came to like figuring out the formulations for the different yeah. products you have, <laughs> what was that like? Like, was it something that you'd done, you know, because coming from the kind of family that you did, mm-hmm. was it something that came natural that you're used to? Or like, what kind of, did you have any struggles coming up with what to sell? So we knew that we were going to start with turmeric because mm-hmm. it was just, you know, this is interesting because it was right before turmeric blew up. Yeah. And I had a feeling that it might blow up, but I really, I tell you, honestly, I, you couldn't have no. predicted this. Yeah. And this was around when? Two- oh, 2017 was when we launched. So 2016 okay. and 20, yeah, 2016 was really when all this planning was happening. Got it. Right prior to this like boom. It's wild that you've come this far. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm looking at you like, holy smoke. Well, let me tell oh, you, God. back then we were literally mixing up turmeric blends in a commercial kitchen, handbagging, you know, yeah. every product. But um, really, so we knew we were going to start with turmeric. And then, which, because it's such an incredible anti-inflammatory, you know, it's great for your skin. It's, it's great, great for, for your for gut everything. health, yes. you know, like chronic pain, whatever you have. Yeah. 
And so it was really like, okay, how can we take a product like this and make it super easy to use and really tasty Mm -hmm. and still keep it pretty affordable? Yeah. Which is really important. Yes. Because you can find like... (laughs) In my research, I've found that there's a lot of different kinds of turmeric products and things out there, but they're very expensive. They're kind of, you know, it's not something that you can have every day. Like it, it's a little pricey. Yeah. um, From the time that you launched and your price points, have they gone up that much or? They definitely have gone up. And that was, you know, it's so interesting. I was talking about this recently in um, one of my like office hours videos on my Instagram stories um, (laughs) where I was, you know, I try to get pretty real about what that looks like. And, you know, when we first launched, like I said, we were mixing this stuff up by hand. We had no costs, right? And now we have costs. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, we got costs. Now we have um, a couple of different contract manufacturers that actually produce this stuff for us. You know, we have employees who are working for us. So, um, we started so young, which was amazing, but it also meant that we had like no experience. Learning curve. (laughs) Right. So, you know, like going back and figuring out the financial model is something where you're like, Oh wait, we actually need to up the price a little bit to cover the margins and make sure that there is profit. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so speaking of costs, Mm -hmm. how much did it take to launch, how much money did you need to launch? Not much, okay. honestly. Um, and what I did think... your launch strategy look like? Okay, okay, <laughs> what I'm done. Did it All right. Look like <laughs> um, our launch strategy was um, basically to show up and see what would happen. We were, I mean, we had um, Issei and I both had our full time jobs, and we were just so excited to do this and use it as a, um, I think a creative outlet and kind of see what came out of it. I, I kid you not. Um, we didn't have, we didn't even have revenue forecasts. We totally did not know what we were doing. Um, and so, um, let's see when we first started out, um, we kind of just, it was, it was a very small business. I think we, um, we didn't really have any money. So Issei taught himself how to do the photography. He still does all our photography. Yeah, because your branding <laughs> is bomb. Like it's just, it's just, there's a certain kind of aesthetic that it just looks like it was researched heavy and you worked, you know, like, I, but there's something about it that branding is important. Thanks. And there's a lot of, yeah. again, turmeric products out there that I've seen. Yeah. It is a niche you know, it's, it's niche, but still, and I know there's a lot out there and I don't remember the branding for them. I remember those, you know, letters gold yeah. and that pink and that like soft cream. Mm-hmm. So it is something very impactful. And, um, it's something that I remember when I, you know, when I left that event and I got yeah. that sample. <laughs> um, so if you, okay. So if you were to kind of think back between like how much money it took to create everything, you know, yeah. when you were in your kitchen. Right. Uh, I mean, maybe, so I think our biz- biggest expense when we started was that we got custom, um, packaging. So okay. we had to pay for those printed bags, right? We ordered yes. thousands of them because that was the minimum. So I, I really don't think we spent more than maybe five grand between okay. the two of us all in to get started. And even then I think it might not have even been, yeah. That much. We were like real Just budget. Real budget friendly. <laughs> <laughs> so what was the moment that kind of broke for you when it was when you realized like, oh, like we're onto something and we're what was that? 
So while I was launching Gold, I also was working full time helping to get Chill House open, oh, version okay. 1.0. Uh, for people who are unfamiliar with Chill House, yes. can you just explain what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Chill House, they actually right, just right. opened their uh, new flagship, I think today or yesterday. Wow. Um, but they're um, a sort of like a, a self care destination space. They do nails, they have a wellness cafe, et cetera. That's a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. And so um, I started there um, probably, I don't know, like three or four months prior to when the first space opened and basically worked really closely with the team there to make it happen. And um, Cindy, one of the the co-founders there is is incredible. And she really, when I interviewed with her, I told her, hey, I've got this turmeric product that I'm going to launch, blah, blah, blah. And she was so excited. She brought it right into the store. Wow. So within a month of us existing, we were on the shelf of one of the hottest wellness destinations in the city that's pretty amazing (laughs) and also pretty like I hate saying I hate this word but it is pretty ballsy I'm trying to think of the female equivalent because (laughs) but it's pretty like good for you I think that's pretty amazing that you would like be able to do that yeah I think it's great (laughs) that she was able to support you yeah um so did you find that when you first got your product there, was it hard to kind of keep up with the demand or was it kind of a quiet trajectory? It was quiet. I mean, it felt crazy for me, but it was very manageable. You know, I think that there's always this outside visual that like you show up and next thing you know, you have like a thousand orders. And I'm sure that happens for someone because we all keep hearing the <laughs> story, hearing right? The story, definitely. Like, someone that happened for. <laughs> but for the most part, you show up, people need to see your product multiple times before they even think about buying it. Yeah, but- I saw it multiple times. Of course. And, well, technically, oh, now I feel like such a cheat. I didn't buy it when I first had it. I got that <laughs> sample and now I buy it consistently. Right. It. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. Um, not just saying that because you're here (laughs) um (laughs) so um was in terms of the packaging when you launched was it the same or like yeah I mean it hasn't changed that much yeah so we um to do the design we worked with a friend who was a um, a co-worker of Issei's who literally like knew how to use Adobe Illustrator we like couldn't even use the program (laughs) and we worked super closely with him and said you know these are the colors we want we want like these shapes whatever and you know he helped us get there and, you know, from there, since then, we've really just like owned the the design process. Anything that's creative is is totally in-house on our end. Wow. <laughs> um, what do you wish you knew when like while you were launching? Oh, my gosh. Um, A very basic question, but like it there's always something. I have a thousand answers, but I think the biggest one is I wish that I had known how important it was for me to watch the cash flow. OK, so I am you know, I, I'm, I'm decent with money. I don't have issues with it. Um, you know, in, in particular, but, um, what I found was going from having like a full-time salaried job, it was so easy for me to save. Cause you know, you literally just are like, okay, well I'm going to take like a thousand dollars a month and stick it in this savings yeah. account. I'm not even going to see it. Yeah. And you don't really have to worry. Cause what are your expenses anyways? Rent and like shoes. Yeah, And, you know, and maybe, maybe, maybe a couple of bills in there, but right. yes. I, but I mean, <laughs> but you know, like you're, you're, um, you're single, you don't have kids, totally. uh, you know, yeah. what are, you don't have crazy expenses really coming out except you know, student loans or or something like that. But, um, I found that 
once I switched over to having a business, mm-hmm. all of a sudden the expenses are great. Like your wow. money is flying out the window at a rate that you could not possibly expect. Wow. You're holding inventory, which is costing you money until you sell it. Right. You're, you're, um, paying these various contractors, you're paying for, you know, Shopify and it's, it's so much more than I could have expected. And I think that I spent a lot of time not knowing how obsessively I needed to watch the numbers, because if you if you Google like a lot of these big companies profit margins at the end of the day, you know, where they actually net out, it's it's not it's not a, yeah, it's oftentimes not even double not, digits. Yeah, it's <laughs> you know, something it's always surprising. You see those numbers. Right. Very sad. Right. And yeah. But I mean, it, it proves that like, you know, that's a difference of, you know, not paying attention and, and missing five percent or something like that. Which Literally. Yeah. It could make or break your profits. So how did, so what did you do? How did you start to kind of tighten up and did you get like better habits in place? What did you start doing? Well, I recognized that when it came to the business, which felt very overwhelming to me because, you know, I had started it so young and it was growing fairly quickly. I realized that I had anxiety around these numbers. I was nervous about checking them. I was scared that I would find proof of the fact that like I was somehow not actually uh, not really in a place to be running this business. Yeah. You know what okay. I mean? Okay. There's almost like numbers imposter syndrome. I was just going to say, it sounds right? like a little imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. But... And so I kind of just have been working on getting more comfortable with just being in the numbers all the time, talking about them, mm-hmm. you know, and, and removing a lot of the fear and the emotion mm-hmm. because it doesn't have to be, um, an emotional piece. Your, your number should not be emotional. Yeah. Yeah very Capricorn thing to say. (laughs) (laughs) So speaking of numbers, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but you have not accepted any venture capital. Correct. And you also, and I like to, let me drop this receipt for you, but you are, is it the youngest black woman ever to have launched at Sephora, yes. which is pretty <laughs> freaking major. Thank you. And you were able to do this without any outside funding. Yes. How? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. Um, watching your cash flow. Yeah. Honestly, it's not, it's, um, you know, there's a million different ways that you can fund your business. You can bootstrap it with your own savings, which is what I've done to date. Um, you can take on angel investment, which are, you know, individuals who have some capital that they're willing to invest into your business, um, you know, crowdfunding, et cetera. And then of course there's venture capital. Mm-hmm. And this is the one that gets everyone super excited. It's like the sexy thing right now. But that responsibility yes. list. Yeah. Basically, you know, the issue with that I found with taking on venture capital very early on in my business, at least, was that the return that's expected and 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 the growth pace that's expected felt very uncomfortable for me to take on as I was still learning yeah. how to run a business. Um, you know, at like 25 years old, I did not feel comfortable being responsible for someone's like million dollar check and flipping that into a $5 million check. Um, and so for us, it was, we get approached by investors a lot. Um, and I'm not saying that we'll never take on money. I would be surprised if we ever took on venture money, but, um, I'm not saying we'll never take on money from an angel or, Mm -hmm. you know, some other, other, um, source, but 
I really felt very, um, very strongly that I wanted the time to learn how to be a CEO. Yeah. Um, there's now this pressure in the age of the internet and venture capital, et cetera, to just grow as quickly as possible. And, you know, this idea that like, by the time you wrap up your first year in business, you somehow have like figured it out. Which is wild. <laughs> it's just so un- incorrect. <laughs> just very incorrect. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I wanted the opportunity to explore and to learn and to maybe find out that like, you know, one month our numbers went up and maybe one month we didn't hit our goals and not be freaked out that I had to report that back to some investor who wasn't yeah. going to be satisfied. Especially for somebody in your world. Obviously, you are a CEO. You are a business person. Yeah. Um, but you're in wellness. So right. you care about your well-being <laughs> and you care about that, you know, that kind of stress management. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of which, how are you managing um, stress? And Halfway how you, decently. Okay. How are you taking care of yourself? <laughs> what advice do you have for other people who maybe need some help in that way? Yeah. I mean, I think that in general acknowledging that stuff is hard, um, has been helpful for me. I, I, I think there's been this obsession with making it all look easy mm-hmm. and telling yourself, Oh, well, you know, why can't I just get all these different things done? And I think that, um, I feel better now that I say, you know what, this is hard yeah, and you can do it, but you might struggle. So you don't need to be embarrassed or ashamed or anxious about the fact that you're having trouble getting through this because that's okay. That's okay. (laughs) Um, My other big tip that I always recommend um, is I go for a lot of walks. Same. I'm a walker. I'm a big time walker. Huge walker. Um, my, My partner and I actually, so we'll at least, we try to almost every day, get out and go on at least like an hour long walk. Good for you. We'll go in the middle of the work day. That also sounds like a good coping mechanism for working with your partner, <laughs> which I don't want to get dig yes. into. Uh, you, you brought me back here. Mm-hmm. Um, but that does sound really, it sounds, um, I would imagine it's in the least a more peaceful way of maybe having some conversations about whatever you need to talk about yeah. regarding the business mm-hmm. where it's not in an office mm-hmm. or in a, you know, like in a formal space yeah. and you can kind of just ease into things as opposed to like being a little, well, I'm it's, sure it's, aggressive. it's scientifically <laughs> proven that when you're in a state of motion, you're better at problem solving. Interesting. Yeah. So, and I, I found that, um, kind of just through experience, but someone recently confirmed this for me that it actually does work. Got it. So if you're struggling to figure out how you're going to approach something, literally just go on a walk and start thinking or talk to someone about it, mm-hmm. to, like call someone on the phone and just walk. Like you'll, you'll sort it out. This makes sense. Mm-hmm. I used to have this habit of, well, when it's warm, it's not warm outside now, no. <laughs> but That's I, would over. Walk, <laughs> I would walk after work and for about a couple hours and I would make phone calls mm-hmm. and usually it would have something to do with maybe an issue or like, oh, I need help with this or talking to a friend. Yep. So, okay. All right. But I'm <laughs> definitely learning some stuff. Um, so tell me about what is it like working with Issei with your, with yeah. your partner? You guys have worked together for a long time. Mm-hmm. It seems like you clearly have it together, but I'm sure there are some challenges. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's interesting. I, I find it to be great. Yeah. And I think, you know, you know in your heart whether or not you can work with your partner. Mm. If you have any doubts, you can't. Interesting. <laughs> we 
we work well together in that way. Mm -hmm. We're, we're, we're good at that. Um, I see business partnerships all the time, whether it's friendships or siblings, or I basically speed dated to find this co-founder types of situation where it doesn't work out, you know, and it's so hard to know. Um, I think whether or not it's going to, to work out if you don't know the person that well, Mm -hmm. but the beauty of, um, being in business with someone that you know so intimately is that you just, you know, what's up with them. Mm -hmm. You can't, you don't need to withhold anything from them. There's, you know, and you guys are always playing on the same team. Yeah. And I think it also helps me to give myself some, um, just like some sense of, of, of grounding around the business that like in reality, the most important thing is, um, our relationship Mm -hmm. and that partnership. Um, and I think making sure that I, I always come back to that rather than feeling um, overwhelmed by, you know, this concept of the business, yes. that this is just something that we do together. God. And, you know, we love it like a child, um, but ultimately it's it's about the two of us and making sure that, you know, we're coming out OK at mm-hmm. the end of the day. So I think it actually um, it's. It's been really, really nice, to be honest. It seems like it. You're just sitting here. Just the way you're talking about it, it's a very peaceful, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you guys have specific rules in place? Yep. What, What kind of... What kind of roles? Yeah. So Issei handles a lot of the operational stuff um, just because he has more of that background Mm -hmm. from working, you know, in his family's business. So all the stuff like figuring out like shipments to people and then that. Ooh, that can really break, Mm -hmm. make or break you if you can't figure that out. I've heard some stories. Yes. Yes. So he works on a lot of that stuff. He also does most of the creative work. Um, Although I would say that like, you know, it's always kind of a conversation and, and we're collaborating on anything like that. Absolutely. And then I had up a little bit more of like the marketing side of things and, and thinking about the product roadmap and really like what you, what you think of when you think of gold and what you see and, and, and how we're communicating with you. Yeah. So that's sort of how it's divided, but a lot of it is also collaborative for mm-hmm. sure. So, um, and you did mention a little earlier that I know I do this all the time. I'm a very like bookmark that and come back to it kind of mm-hmm. conversationalist. But you did mention that you had um, a light background in you worked for in what is it an in agency marketing. in marketing? Yeah, yeah, at a tech startup. Um, so was that <laughs> was that an experience that you still carry with you at Gold? It sounds like that was pretty valuable to you. Yeah. So um, I was working for this company called Castora. They okay. actually just got acquired this month, which is ah. exciting for the team. Um, but they, I came on as like employee number, I don't remember now, but like 10 <laughs> or like, I, it was early. Got it. It was early. I was what, 22 years old. Um, I joined a marketing team of two. Wow. Um, so it was literally myself, one other girl, my age and our head of marketing who came from Amazon. And before that was at Harvard business school, okay. you know, basically just getting thrown into the ring with some of the smartest people, um, in that space. And wow. it was really, really inspiring. Yeah. Yeah. I think that it really helped me to understand, um, how excited I was to build something, uh, to move quickly on, on a project. And, um, it also really reignited my interest in creativity. Um, what's interesting is I found that throughout my like schooling prior to then, 
I had been very much um, on that pre-med track. Okay. And once you get on that track, they tell you to avoid the humanities like the plague. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember right. actually being told by a teacher to never major in anything ending in ology. I'm a psych major and I ended up just <laughs> that's fine. Really, that's <laughs> but really funny. But it's real. Yeah, it's real. It's okay. real and it's unfortunate. And um, it closed me off to a lot of the the creative parts of of my my thinking very mm-hmm. early on in my life which i think is dangerous yeah and coming into a startup even though i wasn't necessarily on the creative team you have to be you have to be exactly. very creative yeah. and very much very scrappy yes. and to be scrappy you need to work that creative muscle yeah so it sounds like you did still you you you're able to flex. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think that just opened up a part of my mind that I had closed off for so long and, mm. and got me really excited about being able to bring that into entrepreneurship. Got it. Um, so mentioned this a little earlier, but Sephora. <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) has that kind of deal what did it take to get that kind of a deal and how has it changed your business sephora is an interesting one they came to us okay good (laughs) for you thank you thank you they came to us when we were like i don't know a year old maybe less yeah and um it was a little it was super exciting but it was also totally scary because we were like whoa we didn't really have this in our roadmap for right now (laughs) um but it was it's been great thus far um the team is incredible um they're such great brand builders um you know i I, we launched with them finally we actually launched with them this year and um it's been really crazy to see the level of visibility that we've achieved just from being able to say, Hey, we're in Sephora. Mm-hmm. Uh, people really trust that credibility. Um, and it's been such a cool opportunity for me to tell our story. Um, it's been great. Um, but you know, with all of these opportunities, none of them are just wins. And and then you just say, Oh, great. That's that. Yeah. You're constantly working on how to improve that relationship, how to increase your sales, how to, you know, do whatever you can to grow your business. So it's a great win that we have that account, but there's so much more to do. Yeah. You got a, a lot of learning. I'm assuming. Yes. <laughs> um, it, the interesting thing is I remembered reading about that and seeing the headlines and being like, yes, like, yes, like just very feeling very happy for you. But it was nothing like the way I felt when I walked into Sephora to get my Fenty makeup. And then I look, and I'm like gold. Oh, that's right. Like it, there was something just, very amazing about just Aww. seeing your product, um, you know, backlit in this cute little display, <laughs> you know, just, it just, there was something powerful about seeing that. Mm-hmm. So congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. Although I know, like you said, learning and yes. it's not, <laughs> <laughs> sure it's just the beginning. Yeah. Um, so I like to ask everyone that comes on to this podcast, which is called Unbossed, um, what does the word unbossed mean to you? Mm-hmm. And tell me about somebody, um, tell me about a woman in your life, dead or alive, whether relative, celebrity, whoever, um, that is unbossed, that's inspired your journey. 
Yeah. So to me, unbossed really means looking at the world of, of, you know, entrepreneurship or career through your own lens. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's about writing your own story. And I mean, I think that I've tried to approach that in the best way possible by saying, Hey, you know, I know I can raise venture money, but wait, there's all these other great ways to grow a business. Um, and I think that's where the really exciting stuff happens when you're looking at opportunities that, um, you know, maybe only you see rather than just kind of like following this trajectory of what it means to be a boss or what it means to be successful. Um, and you know, someone who really inspired me recently, um, is Rebecca Minkoff. Mm. Um, I ended up getting connected. You're being mentored. (laughs) For those unaware, um, Rebecca Minkoff, what would, I mean, I, I know her from her bags. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> Those amazing bags. Yeah. And I definitely went through a big bag phase and a little better now but (laughs) but for those that don't know what else does Rebecca have going on yeah I mean she's a very well established entrepreneur Mm -hmm. in the fashion space she's been at it for quite a while and has has seen it go through you know the age of you know the internet and then social which is really cool perspective Um, and now she's really also focusing on helping to you know um, inspire um, other female founders which is really crazy and and, and great Um, and so I was introduced to her recently and and got the chance to connect with her. And, you know, she told me about how they had, uh, she and her brother, Mm -hmm. who are are co-founders, had really worked to figure out how to grow their business without taking on venture capital, Uh, which was a fascinating perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I think that she's just done such an incredible job of, you know, coming out into the industry, um, you know, not necessarily with a business background, but just, you know, pound, just pounding the pavement, really. She just, she's, um, she's so compared to me, she's so far into it and she's still hustling every day. She's still at the office. You know, I think we all have this vision that like, once you, once you achieve success, you're just going to be like out on a private Island. No, No. you know, like no, no. Um, and it was really refreshing to see that, that, you know, it, it, it never stops and you've always got to be humble with it. And you've always got to be prepared for the next challenge. And I think anyone that approaches is success that way as as more of a, a journey than a destination is um, a huge inspiration to me thank you <laughs> thank you for coming oh on. thank you guys yeah, yeah. you're so good <laughs> you're oh. just i mean i could just ask you questions forever but <laughs> <laughs> thank you that was great Special thanks to my bomb-ass executive producer, Tiffany Ashitay. Thank you, Tiffany. And special thanks to our audio engineer, Anthony Frazier, and Gold Standard Creative for the music. Thank you guys so much. Email me at unbossedessence.com. Tell me about a woman in your life who inspires you to be unbossed. Or if you don't want to email, comment on social media using the hashtag unboss podcast and please 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 leave a review on apple Podcasts. say nice things say constructive things please okay see you guys later